comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. I'm coming at you with another Pupcast edition of the pod. Uh, So... If the sound quality bothers you, I apologize. Luckily, Austin recorded a pod that should be coming out the same day, honestly. So uh, if this one you can't quite do, it's no no issues, no problem. There's still a pod for you. And if you can't do it, then great. Then you get double pods. So everybody wins here. Uh, I wanted to talk about the UNLV game a little bit. Not so much a game review. But I think it was it was a very encouraging game, both in the short term and in the long term. And then talk about how it kind of hopefully should set the Aztecs up for success coming into the future here. So let's dive into it. Okay, let's dive into this UNLV game. I'm going to try and stay focused on just a couple things. I think we all know focus isn't exactly my strong suit, but let's do it here. I think the UNLV game was was very encouraging for a couple reasons. The the first one, the one that's right off the top is that UNLV currently is high enough in the net rankings that beating them in their arena counts as a quad one win. And it might not stay that way. They've been on a little bit of a skid lately so maybe they they fall down the rankings a bit um but they also seem good enough that they should be able to at the very least stay at a quad two win and obviously it's not it's not as good (laughs) it's not as, as as elite of a win but regardless it should be a resume building win right i i checked the net rankings this morning and utah state was ranked at 23 when I checked it. Uh, and that's based just largely on their their overall win percentage and their number of, of quad two wins. Because so Utah State doesn't have any quad one wins. They haven't played a single quad one game yet. And they have a quad three loss and a quad four loss. But they have four quad two wins. And so just their amount of wins overall and then their amount of, of quad two wins is helping build their resume to this point. And so you I, I you know I go into that to say a quad two win is still is still valuable. Right? Not as much as a quad one, but still valuable. So from a resume building perspective, it helps. And the Aztecs need those games, right? They they didn't take advantage of those games as much as we would have liked in the non-conference and then some of that was also uh games not being as good of a resume builder as we had hoped they would BYU being the main example of that they're currently a quad three win which is which is a bummer um you know we were hoping that would be at least a quad two game and it it's going to take a pretty strong effort from them at, at this point I think to get up to quad two so that's a bummer 
So adding up as many of those wins in conference to make that resume as strong as possible is, is a good thing. I think if the season ended today, I would expect them to land somewhere in the five to eight range and, and, and probably a six or a seven on the seed line is what I would expect. And I'm not a bracketologist, but that's just what I would expect. So, you know, that's tricky because is it, is it what we wanted coming into the year? No. Is it better than last year? Yeah. So there's, there's that, right? You're, you're more expected to win a game or two as a six or seven seed than you are as an eight or nine seed. So they have that going for them at this, at this point. One other thing that I think was very encouraging about the game was just, just the way it all played out and, and the, the thought that I don't think the Aztecs win that game if this is last season, right? Uh, you know, their, their defense was better last season. Sure, you can, you can say that. Not by a terribly large amount, though. They were, they were second in the nation last season. And right now in Kempom, they're 14th in the nation. So they still have a good defense. Not quite as elite, but still still very, very good. Very, very high above average there. But, you know, Matt Bradley came in, dropped 23 points. And that was, that was fantastic. Uh, but if that's all it was, if this was last season's team and nobody else stepped up, which happened... Oftentimes, right? Obviously, other people are scoring. The Aztecs weren't winning 23 to 20 last season. Uh, so other people are scoring, but nobody's really scoring well or efficiently, right? If it's just Matt Bradley doing those things against a defense as good as UNLV's is, I don't think the Aztecs win last season, right? And that's, that's, we got to give credit to UNLV's defense. They looked very good. I think very much better than. A lot of the metrics have them have them at right now. I do think a lot of the disconnect between like where metrics will say UNLV's defense is and where they at the very least can actually be comes down to just like focus and execution, right? And if you if you look at that San Diego State game, in the first half UNLV wasn't they, they just weren't the same. Is, is the way to put it, I think, right? They, they were missing things and they were making different mistakes. And then in the second half, they were more locked in and they were able to really turn off the faucet there for the Aztecs. And the Aztecs found it very hard to score until, until the waning minutes when it was just a game of free throws, right? And so you and all these defense, when they're locked in like that, can be very, very tough, uh, so that's something to keep in mind there. But if it's last year's team, if it's Bradley and nobody else really helping out all that much, I don't think they win. Whereas this year, we finally saw, at least from from Bradley and Trammell, we saw, like, this is why we brought Darian Trammell in, right? Darian Trammell comes in. He has five assists. And so that's what he was brought in to do, right? And most of those were in the first half, but still no other Aztec had more than one. So Trammell has, comes in, has five, is able to get the ball moving, is able to create shots for others. He also 
dropped 21 points of his own. So he was that running mate that Matt Bradley needed. And some of that was free throws at the end of the game. Sure. But even before that, I think he had like 15 that, that before like those last couple of minutes. Right. And specifically Darian Trammell had that just dagger three with about two minutes left. I don't remember the exact time, but about two minutes left where, uh, the UNLV, I don't know if they, they, they messed up a switch or if, or if somebody just miscommunicated something, but they had, you know, Darian Trammell in a screen and roll situation and, and Trammell kind of starts to go off the screen and his defender went under the screen and the big also dropped into the paint. Uh, and that's a coverage that you're going to do against somebody that you want to shoot threes. That's like if Keisha Johnson is running the pick and roll, right? That's the type of coverage you want. Cause you're just going to drop everybody into the paint and dare him to shoot. That's not something you want Darian Trammell to do. I don't think. And I, I, I do realize it's a little ironic maybe coming from me because I was saying like, I want him to shoot those shots less. I, I want him to to probe the defense a little bit more uh, and try and create shots for others because that's the thing that he can do that nobody else can do at his level, whereas other people can can score and shoot at his level and things like that. So that's what I want him to do. But that being said, one, he was kind of hot against UNLV, and two, like at the end of the game, by that point you've realized like how they're playing and they're staying home on everybody and they're long and athletic and there wasn't going to be – any probing that could be done to get really a better shot. Like them both dropping like that was probably the best shot he was going to get. And so he, he, he pulls from deep and he drains it. And that was just like a, a, a backbreaker for UNLV there. So uh, Bradley had his running mate that we, we had all wanted right and it made it so Bradley is like the number one option and Trammell is the number two option and the and the primary facilitator so these are the things that that at at the very least I had been expecting coming into the season from those two now it doesn't mean it doesn't mean the team is is you know in its final form if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan right it doesn't mean they're as good as they're gonna get it doesn't mean they've peaked but it was just an encouraging sign in that regard right and we could also go into Lamont Butler when he wasn't fouling looked very nice right we could go into Agueca Rope had a fantastic game and I need to make sure I'm singing his praises as much as possible for all the the lack of credit I've given him over the years um he's been one of one of the best players on the team I think you could you could argue and when you look at some of these advanced metrics and how he like benefits his teammates he really helps out almost everybody on on the floor I think I think uh it's everybody except for Keisha Johnson and Matt Bradley to this point have played better when he's on the floor than when he's off the floor not everybody can say that right um so he's been he's been very good and I think honestly this is probably a a a thing for another time but if if uh health was permitting I think I would be banging the drum that actually he needs to start over Keyshot and over Ladie even 
um, which is partially due to Ladie not meeting those expectations up to this point. Uh, also partially just because those same numbers say that Ladie and Mensa make each other very bad, <laughs> make each other very bad when they're on the floor at the same time. So they need to be on the floor at different times, which is a bummer. It's not what I had been hoping for, uh, but it is what it is up to this point. And all those sample sizes are small, but it is what it is. So I would be saying that now health might not be permitting, right? And then there's also, it's it's nothing worth like clamoring for too much because we all know Coach Dutcher isn't going to change the starting lineup if it's working, right? So there is that to consider as well. But getting a rope more minutes and getting him minutes with Nathan Mensa specifically, I think can be very beneficial to this team because those two are just going to wreck opponents game plans really on the defensive side of the ball so there's there's that I think the other thing that I found really encouraging was late in the game a couple minutes left and you know the Aztecs are up but I'm sure we all felt it to a certain extent that this game was not over yet we've heard tons to this point really about how you know last year the team gives up a, a nine-point lead with three minutes left uh, against Creighton in the tournament. And then coming into this year, and they give up a four-point lead with, with 17 seconds left. I know people say it was 13 seconds, but, like, that's not – I don't think it's very genuine, and not that it matters all that much, but four-point lead with 17 seconds left given that up against Arkansas. And so, you know, I'm sitting there watching the game and my, my fiance's there and she's not really watching, but she's there and she looks up and she's like, Hey, look, like you're winning. You're probably going to win this game, right? You're up by like eight with two minutes left. And I was like, well, I mean, you would think so. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, if ever there's a team that can turn this around, it's this UNLV team with the way their defense has been swarming in the second half. They've already forced, I think it was 20 turnovers, right? So like if ever there was a team that could really clamp down and and force a couple turnovers here late in the game and and draw fouls or hit threes or whatever they need to do, UNLV might be that team, right? And so I was nervous and I'm sure I wasn't the only one but they kind of started to get over that bugaboo of like getting the ball in and and controlling it until the foul is drawn and and stuff like that, right? Uh it still it still wasn't perfect. We had Adam Seiko miss miss both free throws that he took late in the game and he took he actually I think he had four free throws at the end of the game and he missed three of them. Right, he went one of four in those closing minutes, so that wasn't good, especially from a guy like Seiko, who you would expect to make those. I would think going one for four wasn't wasn't great, so it wasn't perfect. But they got the ball in without turning it over, and they were able to cross the half court line. And doing that on its own, it you know it takes time off the clock if the other team's trying to force a turnover. So that's helpful. It's not going to be enough every time but it's helpful and then you know these things kind of balance out Seiko misses three of four but on that time where he missed both of them uh 
uh, Agueca Rope, praise to him again, uh, got the offensive rebound on that second free throw and was able to pass the ball out. Now he passes it to Mensa, who like kind of makes sense. I think it was just a relatively easy pass. And uh, Mensa's a big body, so he's a big target. So I think that had something to do with it, as opposed to like trying to hold the ball and get it to one of the better free throw shooters. But to Mensa's credit, he came in and drained both of them, right? And similar to how I wouldn't expect Seiko to come in and miss both, I wouldn't expect Mensa to come in and make both. And I know his free throw shooting has been better this year, at least according to the percentages, by a little bit. He's He's up closer to... 70% this year, so that's promising, uh, but I still wouldn't, especially end-of-game situation, I wouldn't have expected him to come in and make both, and so in that way, I think it kind of evens out, right? It would be similar to if Seiko had made one of those two that he missed, and then <laughs> Mensa had missed one of those two that he missed, right? It would have been essentially the same thing on the scoreboard, so it all kind of evens out. There's still work to do especially showing up those free throws, I think is the conclusion, but they did better to get the ball in and beat that press, right? And so hopefully they can keep doing it. Doing it one time doesn't mean it's not ever going to be a problem anymore. And I think if I'm an opposing coach late in a close game, I'm going to be pressing, right? If I'm if I'm coming against the Aztecs and, and seeing how how you can, you know, turn the ball over if you need to, but... It was very encouraging for the Aztecs to be able to get over that, especially against a team that like was capable of pulling off that type of strategy. As as a last thing, I think getting any confidence issues or self-doubt or anything like that out of their minds as it comes to closing out late games like that is a good thing. I mean, obviously, just in general, it's a good thing just to to be more confident in your abilities. It's coming at a great time because the Aztecs have a chance here to really make some noise and get kind of some, some eyes on them again in these next few games here. Uh, there's, no, there's no midweek game. They're on their bye, so they're resting their bodies and doing some active recovery for a couple days and then getting ready for Wyoming. Wyoming's going to be tricky, though. It's it's on the road. Uh, and this Wyoming team was just... I was watching some extended highlights, and they were up by double digits on New Mexico, the 22nd-ranked New Mexico Lobos, like seven minutes into the game. The score was like 18-8 to eight or something like that. And so they can still be good. They can still be feisty, especially at home, right? I think... The, the Arena Auditorium in Laramie, Wyoming is, I think, the only, the only place where, like, I don't know, it's, it's over the last 10 years or it's over the, the Fisher-Dutcher era or something like that, but it's the, only, it's the only place where the Aztecs have, like, a 500 or worse record in terms of, of conference play, right, in terms of conference arenas. So they are, even when they're not a great team... They're just very tricky to play up there. And plus, I think we all know that, like, even though they've been majorly disappointing, they still have some talent on that team. And if it's starting to come together, that's 
that, that spells problems, right? Especially because that game is going to be, as it stands right now, that game is going to be a quad three game. And similar to BYU, Wyoming's going to have to do a lot of work to get up to a quad two, even on the road like that. So it's a crucial game for the Aztecs to not lose because that would hurt their standings in, in, in all the metrics, really. But then after that, they get a couple home games. They get Nevada at home, which currently stands as a quad two game. So that's nice. That's another resume building type game. And they get New Mexico at home, who might still be undefeated at that point and might still be ranked at that point. Right, it's not that many games away. Now maybe they lose, anything can happen. But maybe they don't. So they might be playing a top 20 New Mexico team at home. Uh, and that would be a big time game, a big time win potentially for the Aztecs. And to do it at home would be nice. And given how good the Lobos have been this year, would count as a quad one win even at home. Uh so these next three games, they the Aztecs have a chance to make some noise. After that, they got a quad two game on the road against Colorado State, which once again, another resume builder, another game that will be tough as they come into form here. They have started off their conference season not great, but they still have a good amount of talent, so you can't overlook them. So these next couple games, the Aztecs have a chance to to really make some noise, to to move up the net rankings a bit, uh, move up in the eyes of just national audience, however much that might impact the voters for the selection committee, right? Uh, and so winning, winning really, if they can win these next three, which I think is, is possible, especially if they keep playing a little bit better and a little bit better, they, they seem to have their defense going pretty well right now. So if they can keep that up, and just continue to improve their offense. A lot of that has just been guys have been hitting shots, and Matt Bradley specifically has been hitting shots, right? They aren't even necessarily easier shots all the time. Maybe some of them are, but he's still been taking a lot of hard shots, but they're falling now, right? His confidence is back. He scored 50 points over the last two games, and that's that UNLV I talked about their defense, and Air Force currently, even after they lost to the Aztecs, currently has a top 10 three-point defense in the nation. So uh, it's not like Matt Bradley's doing it against scrubs necessarily, right? So if he can keep that up um, with the help of guys like Trammell and Ladee and Arope and whoever, Butler, whoever might contribute on that night, right? Whatever one, two, or three guys might also help contribute. Bradley keeps up his scoring and the defense stays at that really good level that it's at. I think winning the next three is definitely doable. It's not guaranteed. It's never, it's never guaranteed. Um, I think the Nevada one should be a win. I'm not sure if I'm more worried about Wyoming or New Mexico. They're there for different reasons. Wyoming being on the road and New Mexico just being pretty good. Um, I think that'll be a good chance for them to really show whether they're for real or not. And even if they lose to San Diego State, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not for real, but uh, wouldn't help their case for sure that they, if they want to show that they are real. So, uh, it'll be interesting, but hopefully the Aztecs can win the next three. And if they do, they will be in, in pretty good shape overall, I think. So that, that does it for this one. 
Aztecs fans. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time.